Hey shit talkers, welcome to Talk Shit With P. So obviously, I'm P of Talk Shit With P and I am such a shit talker that I had to create my own fucking stage. <laughs> my podcast is a safe space to talk all the shits of this shitty world. And believe me, this is a shitty world with lots of shit to talk about. I sometimes shit talk by myself and no, I'm not crazy. And other times, well, most of the times, I'm joined by... I'm joined by incredible individuals who do all the shit talking. Well, not all, but most of the shit talking. And talk shit with people, we laugh, we cry, we cuss a lot. But most important, we learn something. Well, at least I do. And I would hope so do you. So grab a drink and join the party. What's up? <laughs> so Trent, you went from selling Durex as a ba- as a trunk of your Honda Accord mm-hmm. to a multi-million dollar national brand on your own. That's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Like for real. Welcome to Talk Shit with P. Please let my listeners know who you are, where you at, where you're from, and what you do. What's up? Thank you for having me on your show. My name is Trent Out Loud, and I'm coming at you from Montreal, Canada, actually, up, up in the north. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I feel like I knew that because when I clicked the link of your book, it took me to Amazon Canada. Oh, really? No, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then my Amazon kept asking me, do you want to change location? I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. I never know what link to put, you know, like I'm, I'm Canadian. It's a Canadian site, so I put my Canadian link, but I know it messes up Americans. Yeah, but it, we, we still figure it out, you know, the power mm. of technology, but... Um, exactly. So you're Canadian? Yes, ma'am. Jamaican-Canadian. Uh, Jamaican-Canadian. <laughs> I see, I see. I can see that Jamaican is there. <laughs> <laughs> now, um... I want to give a shout out to uh, to Camille because because of her, she had uh, when she shared that interview with you, she had amazing stuff to say about you. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and um, okay. I'm a big advocate advocate of mental health, and mm-hmm. I go through my depression phases. Uh, mm-hmm. Just today, I called out of work to give myself a mental health day because I was feeling offish. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I woke yes. up and I was like, you know what? I feel like I just need, like, I was so frustrated. And I called out and I went to the gym. And um, whenever I'm frustrated, I like to box because it takes out all my anger and aggression. So uh, I went to, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like Will Smith. I'm not gonna be smacking <laughs> I knew that was gonna be brought up. I think everybody that's doing any interview today, any podcast, is gonna be like, "Yo, Will Smith smacked the shit out of Chris Rock." <laughs> uh, crazy. It, it, it's all the internet could talk about. Like, of course. I tried not to talk about it, but it was just everywhere. I was like, Impossible. "Okay, fine. Let, yeah. Let's just do it." But yeah. Um, I did my little boxing, you know, punched the hell out of that bag today. Yes. <laughs> and I came home, I gave myself a bubble bath, I drank some tea, 
read a little bit about Kobe's book and and I rested. So it was and, and and I feel refreshed. That's why I have the energy to do this. I feel like if I'd have you. gone to work, I would have probably cancelled this interview because I would have been <laughs> And we've been extra- trying to find the time for yes. so many emails back yeah. and forth to get the right? perfect time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So Trent, um, you wear so many hats from uh, founder and CEO of Exclusivity, producer and also Trent Out Loud. Shout out to Trent Out Loud, the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Creative director, international brand developer, consultant, motivational speaker, personality, and international model, including an author of how sneakers saved and ruined my life. Now let's talk yes. about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Share with us briefly your journey and how uh, how sneakers ruined and saved your life came to play. Wow, that's a loaded question, man. Hey, <laughs> I can talk, I you can want, talk for hours. <laughs> you wanted uh, me to surprise you with my questions. <laughs> I had to come prepared. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, you know, to sum it up, uh, you know, quickly, I was. Like I said earlier, I was born and raised in Montreal, kind of a little bit of a delinquent kid, you know, growing up, you know, moved out of my house at 17 years old, got myself into trouble. Um, from there, I was always trying to find my way through different, um, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, journeys, a lot of failures along the way. Um, and then uh, I got into retail. And then, uh, you know, I started retail selling clothes off the trunk of my car. And, uh, you know, it was a side hustle from when I was doing modeling and doing a bunch of stuff. I've always been um, very adamant about having multiple revenue streams. Um, so retail wasn't like the ultimate destination, the ultimate goal. And then, you know, from there, I went to a basement of a tattoo parlor and then had my first brick and mortar store. You know, uh, five years later, I was able to get a Nike account, Adidas, and became you know, the store that we know today as Exclusivity. Um, and through that journey of having, uh, you know, from the trunk of my car to the one store, I was able to build a national brand up here in Canada, um, you know, f- you know, having stores cross country. Um, and that's where book one kind of ends, where it's the journey from starting out as a kid to having a national brand. Um, and that's, you know, it's kind of, I use sneakers, how sneakers saved my life kind of, um, you know, just as a, uh, you know, as an example of sneakers being the thing that saved me. But really what it was, was entrepreneurial, uh, my entrepreneurial spirit that really saved me. I know from being a, you know, a kid that's always getting himself in trouble, you know, dropping out of high school to to having a successful business. And as I'm sure a lot of your listeners or people out there, you always feel like money is going to be the thing that saves you and makes you happy. And that's when book two starts of how, you know, the success um, and the, the, the bad side of, of being an entrepreneur can affect you and it's you know you can have all the money in the world but you know when there's no purpose and when things are kind of not like working out um you know it kind of was you know a detriment and sometimes i wish i could go back <laughs> to not having the success um so that's really what it's about dealing with suppliers nike and adidas the shift in the sneaker industry i don't know you know how much of your uh, your audience are you know into sneakers or know about the industry but Kanye West left Nike for Adidas. There was a shift, um, and my longtime partnership with these brands changed as they were trying to save themselves. So, book two is really about like negotiating with billion-dollar companies and and how that can affect a smaller brand. Um, and really, that's that's the journey: how you're saved and how sneakers ruined my life. Very impressive from from the trunk of your car and 
with everything because mm. there was gambling there was being banned from the u.s mm. <laughs> i'm, I'm back know. in i'm back allowed in now though so if you ever want to sit down with me just let me know i can come there now <laughs> hey come to atlanta let's sing <laughs> oh oh you're in atlanta Okay, listen, I'm telling you, I promise you, I'm coming down there this summer. My whole entire life, listen, I've traveled around the world, right? From South Africa to England to China. I've been everywhere in the U.S., you know, L.A., Florida, New York, Chicago, everywhere. I've never been to Atlanta. I, it's my, yeah, it's the one of the places in the world I literally want to go to. I, I'm, I'll be there this if year, promise. If you bring promise. me a pair of some Nikes, I'll help you. <laughs> Perfect deal. Well, definitely, definitely hit me up. Like, um, I will. Next time, you know. Thank you. Um, even I even lost my myself in where good. I was. <laughs> That's good. That means that I'm a good speaker. Yes, <laughs> That's definitely. A, you got so wrapped up in the story. That's good. Right? Oh my God. Okay. Um, so I know with book two, this way. Um. You even open up about your mental health with yes. dealing with um, filing for bankruptcy and all that. So how yes. did that come to play? Let's talk about that, your mental health. And so um, filing for bankruptcy was in book one, uh, where I started my first business and it did go so and I had to file for personal bankruptcy. Um, and But in book two, I was very close to bankruptcy. There's a chapter that's called Days Away from Bankruptcy. But I won't spoil it. You guys will have to get the book and find out yes. if I did have to file for bankruptcy again or not. <laughs> I think I already said I didn't, but get the book anyways and find out. <laughs> find out how I didn't have to file bankruptcy for a second time. Um, yeah. But no, um, so really what it was is like 2016, 17, as the sneaker industry was taking a shift, um, you know, my days went from, you know, running you know, my dream business to like trying to save my uh, dream business. And through closing down stores and trying to restructure my business in 2018, I lost $2.23 million. Um, and uh, that will be hard on anybody, no matter how much money you have to, to lose close to two and a half million dollars. Listen, when I lose just a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Myself, so. Ex exactly. <laughs> um, so it was really tough on me. Um, you know, it was a restructuring phase, trying to save the company. And, uh, you know, going through that, it's, it's, it's really hard and you all, you still have to show up to work every day. You so I have still, I have still had to lead my team, you know, sit down with financial advisors and, and trustees and figure out, you know, how I'm going to save this company. Um, and through that, I went to therapy to try to see if I could, you know, deal with things on the personal end that I was dealing with. Um, and after a couple of months, my therapist diagnosed me with uh, possibly having hypomanic episodes, which is attached to um, bipolar. And um, nobody wants to hear that kind of, you know, diagnosis. So I did what, you know, pretty much everybody always does with therapy. Ah, these guys, they don't know what they're talking about. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, right. So then I did the typical thing and I left therapy and I said, they don't know what they're talking about. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, and then as I've learned now, going back to therapy, leaving therapy, um, I self-medicated myself and I started drinking heavily, not just having a drink at a club, but I was like drinking like almost every day, um, partying, smoking. Um, I tried to run away from my problems instead of dealing with my problems. Um, so that was my first experience. And then, you know, 
won't get too much into it, but then I went back, uh, you know, during the pandemic and I was diagnosed with having bipolar disorder by, by two different psychologists, chose not to take medication, but I deal with, um, you know, my, my, my hypomanic and manic episodes through therapy. I work on it every day. Um, you know, I'm a lot better now than when I was in 2018. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a difficult diagnosis to, to hear and, and to deal with. Next question was, how do you end up with your mental health? And I feel like you kind of just told us. Well, um, it's, um, it's, I could still answer it. It's just you deal with it because it's, it's an important question to answer because a lot of people don't know. And, you know, I just brushed over it quickly, but I literally deal with it every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it. There's not a day that goes by that I don't process it. Um, some days are, of course, better than others. Um, but I, I just, the commonality of me being better is staying in therapy. I go every week. Um, I never miss it. I tell my, I booked the time off with my publicists or, or at work. Um, and I just, I'm very diligent about, um, staying in therapy and, and keeping myself accountable. That's good. Especially since you don't want to take medication, which I'm all for. I, I, <clears throat> when I was going through depression, my depression i still go through it the phases uh some days are easier some days you know you, you you have ways you find tricks of how you can sometimes catch them early before you dig in the hole and some days you don't care that much whether you go deep under or not exactly and and people would tell me how to like the doctors would be like we can give you some medication and this. and i didn't want anything i feel i feel like to me anything I have to depend on to be happy yeah. is, is ruining me I think that's why also when I started doing the pandemic I like keeping busy like when I was before pandemic I was working two three jobs doing some here shit like constantly busy uh, yeah. I'm an overthinker so when I have time I'm constantly in my head which gives me my migraines and depression so keeping busy helps me so the pandemic happened and I had nothing to do and I was constantly drinking and <clears throat> and just not even eating. You're just drinking and watching TV and all this shit is coming because I was going through a breakup. But because I was keeping busy, I didn't deal with a breakup. But now Sorry. you have all this free time. So yes. shit is constantly. So it was just, I literally saw myself dying and I started podcasting and that shit just cured me. And like uh-huh. my first my first um, presentation on PodFest where I met Camille, it was a presentation on how um, <clears throat> podca- uh, how podcasting saved my mental health because that's how I feel. Like I literally saw myself going in a rattle with being a drunkard and shit. And that's why I don't want medication because at that time I was depending on alcohol to mm-hmm. make me not feel. So I feel yeah. like medication, I'll do the same shit. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I did. The, it's funny. Our journeys are, are almost parallel, right? And we think, and that's what I thought too. I'm like, I don't need therapy. I don't need medication. I'm just going to drink it away, which is the same thing, right? Because, and, and just to make it clear, there's nothing wrong if you do decide to go on medication or anybody out there that wants yes, to go on medication, yes. that, that is your choices. But just know if you don't go on medication, but then you drink every day, the side effects from drinking every day. I'm not saying are parallel to taking medication, but it's, it's, you know, there's still, yeah. and that's what my therapist was, was adamant about telling me. And he's like, I'm like, I don't want to go on medication. 
but and, and he's and he asked me why and i said well because there's a lot of side effects he's like well do you not think there's side effects from drinking but because drinking is legal and you could go to the bar and you just feel like oh no there's no side effects i wake up with a hangover there's serious serious um severe side effects and then there's also the fact that um alcohol uh you know is is a depressant right so that that just brings you down further and further it it's it's it helps you for two or three hours but the next day it brings you down lower so people have to be very careful out there of of not wanting to take medication but then self-medicating themselves it's it's very 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 dangerous true and i realized i think during covid um it made me realize that drinking to forget my problems just makes me more depressed about my problems. Of course, yeah. I don't know if I that makes sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> me neither. I... Like right now, these days, I drink to enjoy the alcohol. Like, yes. Like, yes, yes, let's go turn up or, you know, a beer here and there, yeah. a glass of wine and that. But I drink to enjoy, not to get yes. drunk to forget my problems which just brings exactly. me back to my overthinking and i'm like what exactly. the fuck did i do this? yeah yeah now <laughs> when i have a drink i i try to make sure and i'm not saying i don't have a drink when i'm depressed but i i try like i was drinking this saturday and my my friend uh, a friend of mine was over and i'm like no i'm drinking just because i'm in a setting where you know other people are drinking and I want to have fun. I'm not yes. drinking because I want to try to get away from my mind. So I'm very cognizant of why I'm drinking and when I'm drinking, you know? So And it's and funny I, that we are, sorry, go ahead. No, you go, you go. It's funny how we constantly have to remind ourselves how right now I'm drinking to, to have fun. Like this is not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And then what I was going to say is that what I did now is also do a little test with myself and I say, Okay, all October I'm not drinking. So can can you do it? And then I'm there at a bar or I'm out with a friend and I'm like, can I not have the drink? You know? So it's a journey. I know it's something that, you know, I'm always going to have to deal with. Like my therapist said like when you have depression or mania, it's not something like that will ever go away, right? It's not something that can be cured. It's something that will always be with you and you have to think about it like a dial on an oven. You know, you always want to keep the flame at 1 as possible. Yeah. Some days is going to flare up a 5 or 6. You want to hope it never gets to 10, but you it, and that's just that's what depression is. That's what mental health is, right? It's just dealing day to day. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you say that because one time, the first time when I um when I first came out and started talking about depression, I, I, I'm from Tanzania in East Africa. Okay. So um, uh, if you have been to Africa countries, you've been to South Africa. This topic is a taboo. Mental health, oh, saying gosh, you're going yes. to a therapist, they don't yeah. get it. Like yeah. so, the first time I felt depression was um in 20. 16ish I just finished grad school I came to America for grad school I've been living in different countries but every time I finish something I already have a plan for my next move where I'm going what I'm doing so for the first time I was stuck I was breaking up with a boy and that, the thing is I wasn't sad about the breakup you know when you reach that relationship where you already yeah. know you want the breakup and you're okay with it so it wasn't yeah. the breakup it was just uh, the environment the comfortable environment i had created on that that i was going to miss it wasn't yes. Uh, yes. so i was going through that and not knowing what my next plan is where my life is going i just got yeah. into such a, that that was the first time i actually experienced depression and i remember crying to my mom <clears throat> and my mom just told me paula just pray just pray and if you have to cry cry if you have to do whatever just allow yourself to feel whatever and keep praying and i think that's when i also 
formed my own relationship with God because I was rebellious. I, I was a rebel in religion for a long time. But um, so I started a, a campaign called Life with Paula where I started talking about it. I figured I can't get help if, if nobody knows what the fuck I'm going on about. Mm-hmm. So I, I made an Instagram account and I started talking about mental health and what I was going through. And it was crazy that because I made a WhatsApp group for whoever I was feeling that way and wants to join a supportive group. And so many of my friends that I knew were dealing with so much but everybody was feeling shame of opening mm-hmm. it because those words oh you're worried about that there's some people don't have food oh that's so fast oh, you know, know all that criticism in, in not feeling what you're supposed to feel exactly so with that so when i started podcasting and after a few years people come and ask me so you're no longer depressed like depression is like a gown a costume you put on and then <laughs> you take it and i'm exactly. like i still am depressed i have this just because when the good days are there i ride them hard and i enjoy them every yes. moment because yes. i know tomorrow might not be the same so exactly. why not and i just have found ways to help myself function and allow myself to feel and do whatever. These days I'm so vocal and open about my feelings that I feel like sometimes some people are tired of hearing me, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> If that's what's yeah, helping who cares? me, yes. <laughs> do you do therapy? Do you go to therapy? I, I started for the first time last year. Oh, good for you. But I've been pro therapy. It was just um I had to 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 cuz it's expensive. So I had mm-hmm. to fix my insurance and get it part of the deal and I did that. That was the first thing when um <clears throat> the new session of the insurance opened up. I was like, "Yep, this is what yeah. I was waiting for." I added it in and our company before that our company after covid they did uh offer support where you get each person gets three and then um three sessions and then depending Good. on how deep your problem is they can find ways to help you so oh, really? it was available Good. yes it was Good. available i did that and then i i got a therapist and i'm pro therapy i keep telling people if you can afford yeah. it do it those yeah. one time better help was doing one month free of therapy for people and i made sure to send that shit out to everybody yeah, exactly. who I knew where i don't care whether you need therapy or you don't want me to know you need therapy but i was exactly. sharing because yeah, exactly. i feel like if more people went to therapy the world would be less cruel because oh, we are sure. fighting our own demons and we are exactly. put, putting them out there into other people and that's not fair Yeah, it holds you accountable, right? I feel like every human should go. You see how you do like an annual checkup? You should have an annual physical checkup and mental checkup. Every yes. person should see a therapist at least once a year. I know it's expensive, but we got to find some way to work it into our healthcare yes. system. Yes. Figure it out. Just like how you <laughs> figure out how to go on a vacation, you can figure out how to get a therapy. Uh, exactly. Even if it's one session. Yeah, or buy your Jordans or, or buy your Louis Vuitton <laughs> belt and like, you know, like my my godson there was like, "Oh, man, I want to go to therapy so badly, but it's too expensive. I don't have the money." As he had on a Supreme backpack that cost $1500. But you know, bro, that's five or six therapy sessions and you got a backpack, but it's our priorities, it's our culture and like you said, it's True. not uh 
it's not something that's um, you know celebrated or awarded. So we have to continue doing talks like this and and prom promote the agenda of mental health and therapy and thinking about yourself. And you know the next generations, it will be it will be something that's a little bit more normal. But also, um, I feel like it, it, with us in priorities, I, I feel like especially as black people. It's not just mental health, it's also health itself. There are so many people out there who would rather keep buying uh, Louis Vuittons and Red Bottoms, but they don't have health insurance, just health insurance or life insurance. Yeah. And they die and they go, go fund me, but you are here bowling with. So I'm glad I have a friend who recently started um, uh, doing financial uh, advocacy and telling people about life insurance and which and i love it i'm like we need to 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 prioritize the more sure. important things in our lives yeah and mental Thousand health percent. is just as important so yeah. with that mm -hmm. said yes do you think therapy has helped you with your growth mentally financially with your relationship with your friends and families if so how let us know um, share the good word <laughs> Um, therapy single-handedly has changed everything in my life. I was just doing an interview the other day with somebody who's known me since I was like two, since 2016, which is not really a long time. And she's like, um, you know, because I I feel like your like your old old friends just always see you for who you are because they've known you for so yeah. long, you know. So this person has known me for like four years and she doesn't know me that well, but she goes, I can see how therapy has changed you, you know. So um, you're just a lot more. Um, to answer your question of like how it's helped me, I just, it makes you more aware because when you're speaking to somebody and you're sharing with them, like for example, like at the top of the year, everybody has new year's resolutions. So you're like, no, this year, like I want to do this. I want to be this type of person and I want to do X, Y, and Z. And we get caught up in life and then we forget about what happened in January, the place that we are in. But in therapy, they're there to remind you of what your goal is. Just like when you go to a physical trainer to the gym and you say, I want to lose my stomach. I want to have, you know, I want to have uh, biceps and legs. The trainer is going to put you on a program to get you those things. So you're, and so you're never going to forget it. That's what therapy does. They, and especially the therapy that I do, which is cognitive behavior therapy, where you set your goal and your therapist will help and train you to obtain that goal. So it can help any facets of your life anything you want to do, anything you want to try to accomplish. To me, I think therapy is single-handedly the most important thing that you could do for yourself. I agree. Um, I feel like for me, therapy has really made me more vulnerable, more compassionate. And I've had this peaceful and calmness in me that I used to react so quick on shit without mm. understanding the other person's side. These days, I take a moment. I first mm. question like, why would they do that? Like, yes. I try to understand them before I react. Yes. I'm less calmer, which I like it. So it, it has given me this opportunity. This, it has kept me in this space where um, things don't bother me as much, simple things, mm -hmm. which used to. Like, this is, I'm just like, 
Or yeah. they even checked on you. Oh yeah, that's cool. Or they didn't yeah, exactly. support you. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You know? See, I'm still <laughs> having a, I'm still having a hard time with that. Like for me during therapy, like my therapist is trying to teach me to uh, welcome being bored. Like walk to the park, sit down, and be able to be grateful that you're bored, that you're in a position where you could take half a day off. Or like you said today, you you're at a job that you could take a day off because of your mental health. So. So be grateful for that, right? And try to be calm. And I try to do that through meditation, which is so difficult for me um, to meditate. So you see how it's that has helped you, but I haven't got to that place yet where I feel like I'm calmer, but I'm gonna get to your place. So everybody uh, experiences therapy differently, you know? Yes. So some of the things that I have maybe um, progressed in over the years, maybe you haven't, but some of the things that you have progressed in, I haven't, right? So yeah. that's the beautiful thing about therapy. And that's how it shows that it's working because everybody moves in their own pace, you know? Exactly. And and don't worry, I, I'll rub the calmness in you. When you come to Atlanta, I'll make sure you, <laughs> you, you enjoy the bo- bo- boredness yeah. out of your mind. Exactly. <laughs> I'll try. So, uh, what would you say has been your biggest struggle with mental health and how did you overcome it? Or if you're still overcoming it, how are you overcoming it? Um, my biggest struggle was dealing with the diagnosis of, of being bipolar because um, it's just so heavy and it's so stigmatized. Um, it's just hard to talk about. My family, um, I never even told them about it till I gave them the advanced copies of my book. You know, my mom was crying. Um, she's like, I don't believe that you're bipolar. You don't look bipolar, which makes no sense because bipolar doesn't have a way to show up on your face. But, you know, she's like you said earlier, she's an older generation. They don't understand like how your parents in, in, in uh, East Africa or West Africa, East Africa, right? East Africa. Uh, East Africa. Um, so that was that was very hard. Um, you know, and I, even like, you know, when I first uh, started doing um, interviews for my book, and people started asking me about it. I was like, I know that I wrote about it and I knew that the questions would come, but it was so hard to kind of talking about it at first. I'm a lot better now. Um, and even suddenly when a, a friend of mine was like, when are you going to start talking about bipolar in your interview? So that's been the thing that was kind of like a little bit hard for me. Um, but, you know, as I do more talks and, and I get more comfortable with it, it's uh, a lot easier for me to talk about it. I understand that. I remember... Um... When I started Talk Shit with P, everybody asked me what, what what my plan was. I was like, I don't know. All I know is somebody told me they like how I talk shit on Twitter and I should start the podcast and here we are. I'll figure it out as I go. And I didn't know anything about podcasting. I took PIG classes. I was just joining Facebook groups and whatever and learning from wherever I could learn from. And... <clears throat> And I do it all by myself. So the first episode, I was like, I want my podcast to be a safe space for people to share whatever shit they want to share. Um, whether to some people they talk to, they be like, oh, that's not important. I want all my podcasts for them to feel whatever they want to talk about is important and needs to be heard. So my first episode, I had to be raw as fuck. So I shared, <laughs> I talked about my struggles with um, during COVID, everything, the drinking, the breakup, the the brokenness, everything. Do you know until today, I can't go back and listen to that first episode. Even when I scroll down on my Instagram and the first video and I see because some people still go and like it, it's still one of the most listened to yeah. episodes. And really? Pe- I- 
I, I literally, after the, the day I edited it and put it out there, I've never listened to it. And that was in April 22nd. It's going to be my two years podcasting. I haven't wow. gone back to listen to it because my heart can't take it because that was the lowest I've been. And mm-hmm. uh, there's sometimes that feeling of shame of uh, accepting that you're broke and online people people your friends and everybody helping you or just that but but also it got i got a lot of feedback people reaching out telling me how they are also going through shit people thanking me for being open and sharing and and everybody sharing their stories so it gave a big impact but it's still to me it's still that fuck moment so maybe one day i listen to it but i don't know when <laughs> it's so funny our, our lives are so parallel parallel because when for my book for my second book i had to go through my instagram stories to find some dates of like when i was here or what i was doing and to go back and watch some of my stories and to see the things that i posted on instagram i'm like holy shit what the hell was i thinking it's very hard that's why when you go to my instagram now most of my stuff is archived so um but that's what you said earlier too, right? That shows growth, right? Look where, yep. look where we've, look where we've grown. Look how we've grown in two years, you know. So yeah, um, that's that's therapy and that's working on yourself, right? But but to be honest, I just hate listening to myself. I hate my voice. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have a beautiful <laughs> voice. And so and I get so many compliments, my voice or my yeah. accent, and I look at them and I'm like. I really hate it. Like every time I have to edit an episode, I'm like, fuck, I have to listen to myself over. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't like, I don't love my voice either. A lot of people don't like your voice because you hear it in your head differently than you hear it playing back to you, right? So. I uh, squeak like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how's life treating you right now, honestly? Um, for me now, um, Things are, 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 are a lot better. Um, you know, there's still a lot of things that I need to work on, but I'm in a much better space. Um, you know, my book is a trilogy. So it's how sneakers save, uh, save my life, then ruin my life. And then book three will be how quarantine saved my life. And, uh, you know, we're living in book three right now. And I'm blessed, man, you know, to make it from where I came from. Um, in 2018, 19, and 20, losing the money that I was able to lose. And like I said, I don't, I won't spoil it too much because it's in the book, um, but I'm in a, on a far better place. And, um, you know, I'm working on myself. And when I'm working on myself, I know that I'm in a good space. So I'm happy with where I am right now. That's what's up. I'm all for working for myself. I yes. told myself last year, I haven't dated since last year. And I told myself, I don't want to date because I have so many issues with myself mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm not there yet to put it on somebody when I'm not yet where I want to be. Very so I'm still... <laughs> That's very plus, responsible. Plus, I'm tired. Like, sometimes I feel like even if it's the right person and if you're not where you are mentally and mm-hmm. wherever, it won't work out. You're just setting yeah, exactly. yourself up. So what's the point of going through all that when I can put that energy into myself and get myself ready for yes. for whoever next is supposed to come into my life? And yeah, exactly. And I can be here demanding certain things from a guy when I'm not there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It starts you, within you. you. <laughs> exactly. I remember when people kept kept on 
asking for Sierra's prayer. I'm like, yo, can you see Sierra and uh, they're all in the same level. They're all ready for this. They all. Yes. You yes. can't be all the way yes. not working on yourself under there and you want that. It doesn't work. You all gotta meet. <laughs> you know why? It's because people don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the work. That's what it is, right? So um, yeah. hopefully we can inspire people out there who's listening. Yeah, because anything you want out of life is going to come through work, right? Like I was talking about earlier, exactly. if you want to diet, that's work. If you want to you know, yeah. go to the gym, it's where anything that you want, anything that has a great reward is going to have to come with great sacrifice. It's really just that simple. You want a great relationship, you got to work on yourself before so that you're giving greatness to get greatness. Exactly. I'm all for that. So, uh, you have an, another book coming. So, do you write your own books? Yes. You're the second person that asked me that. Who doesn't write their own books? <laughs> listen, there's so many. Like, listen, I really, I, I've been working on my book, but I can't write for shit. So, I'm just, really? I keep on staring at it. Like, I have so many ideas. And then mm. somebody's like, just hire somebody to write it for you. I'm like, you know what? Then people told me about Google Voice and shit, but. I feel like I need somebody to write my story. So well, we'll talk. I, yeah, exactly. I mean, I had an editor, obviously, like I'm a really bad speller like, with yeah. punctuation and grammar. But um, I don't know. I want to, like, I know that there's like, you know, big superstars. Like even Will Smith, he had somebody help him write his book. Yeah. You know, Charlemagne, they, they had writers. Um, I don't know. I've been getting pretty good feedback, but t first of all, to answer your question, I wrote 100% of the book. Like there was no co-writing, no anything. Um, and I think, I think that, I think that's what really helped make the book different because it's really in my voice. It's really me. It's really my emotion. And then when my editor was trying to, you know, change it to make it a little bit more polished, I actually pushed back and was like, I want it to stay in my voice. And now when I talk to people, they feel as if I'm right beside them telling them my story. You know, sometimes you read a book and you have to flip back on a page and you're like, what the yeah. hell did I just read? Yeah. My book is not like that. It's called a colloquial style writing. And traditional writing is not like that. You're not supposed to write how you speak. I wrote exactly like how I speak. It's literally like a text message, you know? I got slang in there, I got LOL. It's really a really good book. I really encourage people to pick it up, man. It's it's really different. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll feel like I'm just sitting down right beside you telling you my story, man. I love it. And and I've had good good, good feedback from it. I actually, uh, I haven't read it yet because this, this all, was a little bit too quick with them. That's all <laughs> good. Time to, but, and only because I wanted to know where I can order, where I can get a signed copy. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy a signed copy. Yeah, yeah. I Amazon so we got to talk about that. How do I get that? I well, we'll buy it off of Amazon. And when I come to uh, Atlanta, I'll sign your copy for you. You better come to Atlanta. I promise I will come to Atlanta. Otherwise, I'm going to hunt you down. Yeah, well, trust but, me. Question, what? Uh, the reason I asked that, I feel like you should co-write with me my book. <laughs> I'm shooting my shot here. Listen, <laughs> life is all about shooting your shot. I feel no, like hey, I don't you, blame you. you. You can help tell my story the way I need it to be told. Maybe, so... When I'm done with my third book, then yes, oh, yeah, I will definitely yeah, try no to. Oh yeah, yeah, no rush, no rush. I know I put you on the spot over there. Yeah. <laughs> I dodged I'm the move. I kind of answered it and didn't answer it. <laughs> I know, but you're gonna come to Atlanta, so. 
I, I, I have a contract ready. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what's your future plans um, in regards to your mental health and well-being? Um, <clears throat> staying in therapy. Um, you know, just working on myself, um, getting better, and um, really being an advocate for for mental health and trying to, you know, encourage more people and to take this damn stigma off of therapy and medication and all of that other bullshit. Like, I'm just really, really sick and tired of it. I'm not going to say I don't understand it. Like I even admitted it was a little hard talking about, you know, being bipolar and, you know, having diagnoses and stuff like that. And I get it. I'm not naive to it. I understand it. But the more we talk about it, the more podcasts there are, the more shows, the more we could normalize it. It's normal. Just like you go to the gym and you have a trainer or you have your car, you bring it to the mechanic. There's nothing wrong with checking on your mental health. So my goal will be to be, you know, a very avid um, mental health advocate. Thank you. We need more of that because suicide Definitely. rates keep going higher and higher. Yes. And, yes. and I feel like um, I need more men to speak up because I feel like men are constantly told to hide their feelings and be, yes. you know, to be a man is not to show emotion and not to yeah. cry. My all men, we are here for y'all. So please. Crazy. Your mental health matters, you know. We Trust want me. to see you handling it and taking care of yourself and yes. do what's best for your mental health. Yeah. So let's do something in East Africa, okay? I'll help you write your book if you take me to, to East Africa and we go on a mental health tour out there. Is that a deal? Yes, yes, <laughs> let's do it. Yo, do you know I lived yes. in South Africa? I lived in South Africa for a year, huh? I know. I Have you ever anyways. been to Cape Town? Ever been to South Africa? I've been to Cape Town. I've been to Johannesburg. My brother, okay. who's my best friend, after he just uh, he, he used to live in South Africa. Then okay. he came here. He used to work at NASA in, and stayed in Houston. They just fucked up last year and moved back there after they got married in South Africa. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There, I was there on a modeling contract, so I couldn't leave um, Cape Town. But I wanted to go to Joburg so bad, but they wouldn't let me. So you got to take me around, okay? We'll, we'll Listen, write your, we'll write your book. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll write your book as we tour South Africa and East yes. Africa. Deal? Let's right. go. Deal, deal. Good. We're going to finalize everything. Facts. You're about, yeah. to, you're about to be my new BFF. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um... Okay. You're a biz- you're a mogul. You're a businessman. You're a black excellence. How does mental health play in with your business? Um, it um, it's a good question. Um, you know, through my experience last year, it um, you know, my business kind of maybe triggered some of my mental health. Um. So that's why now I try to promote like healthy entrepreneurialism. And like you touched on a little bit earlier, we're like this male ego. It's you, you can't cry. You can't be emotional. You can't be hurt. Um, and through, uh, you know, through me being a CEO and a boss, like, you know, I kind of let that my male ego kind of like affect me a little bit where I just went to work and kind of put on this show and put on this stage. 
Um, so I think now um, that I've realized that like, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to be open. Um, you know, I really want to be, like I said earlier about being an advocate, I want to be an advocate for, you know, healthy entrepreneurialism, taking time off, taking some days off and just letting people know that you're not 100% okay. And it's okay not to be okay, even in a work environment, even as a manager or a leader or a CEO, as a boss, like it's okay. Yes. I remember um, sometime last year, <clears throat> I woke up late and um, I called my manager and I was like, oh shit, I'm just waking up, my, my alarm didn't go on, I'm going to shower and I'll be there soon. She was like, yeah, cool. So as I'm in the shower, and I was fine, literally, I was okay, like, I did not, I did not know anything was wrong with me. But as I was showering, uh, I started crying, okay. like out of the blue. I was crying and I fucking didn't know why I was crying. Like literally, I did not know why I was crying. I got out of the shower, didn't even take a towel, just went back in the bed and covered mm-hmm. myself with a little And I texted my manager and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. I just started crying in the shower. And to be honest, I just don't feel like I have the strength to come in. She was like, Paula, your mental health is important. Take care of yourself, we'll be okay today. And the next day I went back, I went to work. She's like me, she likes Red Bull. So I bought her a four pack of Red Bull and a thank you card. And she was like, well, I'm like, to have a manager who understands that instead That's of, amazing. you know, somebody would have been like, come to work or you're fired. Yeah, yeah of course. That's, but you know, to have you to respond that way to me, that meant a lot to me. Yeah, of course. And I was like, yeah, sometimes this job pisses me off, but to have managers who <laughs> yeah, okay, understand that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, any advice for someone who's losing their mind in silence right now? What would you tell them? It's hard to tell somebody, go to therapy. <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to do that because you, um, you have to go at your own pace. And, you know, you have to find the type of A, the type of therapy that works best for you um, and a therapist that you like and trust. But, you know, to let those people out there who, you know, are going through that in silence is that you're not alone and it's okay. You know, like it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to go out there and, and, and seek help. And if you can't go to therapy, uh, you know, at least just talk to somebody. You know, there's a lot of services and a lot of, um, you know um, avenues out there that um, knows that there's people out there that are suffering in silence so just don't feel like you're alone and, and get help from somebody reach out to somebody amen and with that said i wanted to actually tell you alia um <clears throat> if you ever feel like crying call me i'll i'll, I'll listen to you cry i got you thank you thank you don't worry much. about your man ego okay no. No problem. I'm not afraid to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but what did I say? I, I say the same. Um, it's funny. These days they walk. Um, that song, It's Okay Not To Be Okay, keep playing like at least three, four times during the day. And I'm like, I like how they're constantly reminding us that, yo, it's okay not to be okay. And yeah. whatever you're feeling, re- remind yourself, yes, I know there's so much shit going on in the world, but your feelings are valued as well. They exactly. matter. However small or huge, no matter what the fuck is going on in the world, that's your yeah. feelings, and allow yourself to feel and process them. Exactly. Don't try to depend on 
alcohol and all those things use them for having a good time not yeah. for downing yeah. your problems yeah it's so crazy that uh, that our experiences with mental health uh, run so parallel that's crazy i know right it makes <laughs> me more excited about meeting you so i yeah, love exactly. to make it happen i will i will <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you're in canada because recently since last year um last year i went through so much shit right and mm. i wanted I realized something I'm a very good person like literally anybody will tell you I'm one of the kindest bitchiest person you'll ever meet like don't confuse my kindness for weakness like but um so last year a lot of shit was happening to me and um the way I reacted to them that's how I ended up in therapy somebody actually told me I was toxic and <laughs> my best friend almost wanted to, to kill them but I was like Listen, wow. it kind of makes sense. We are mm-hmm. all toxic. We might not accept it or not. We all have some toxicness in us. Yeah, and, of course, yeah. And him telling me that just made me look into myself. I didn't take it as an insult. Okay, maybe the way he had said it because I was complaining about fighting with my best friend at that time wasn't right. But I was glad he told me that because that's what I eventually got me to go to therapy. But yeah. um, dealing with that, uh, I realized I wasn't as much of a good friend as I thought I was, but I was mm. a good person. Mm. And I had to to ditch all my friendships. Not that I fought with anybody. I just needed to to learn to live life and depend on myself because most of the shit I was going through, which made me depressed, was I was going through them and depending on my on my friends to be there, not knowing also whatever. Maybe they are going through their own shit. They're not telling me. But me yes. depending on them to be there and they're not being made eat a whole shit in my head, which wasn't yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I totally get it. So I started this life of enjoying life by myself. Like doing things by myself, being okay by being alone. I hated being alone. Like I like having people around. I would always, me even too. growing up, I'd be the girl who always had sleepovers and yeah, parties yeah. and... So it took a lot for me to learn to spend weekends by myself or going to restaurants by myself and not feeling like ashamed or whatever and just saying no to events of my friends without explanation or without feeling bad for saying no like literally I don't want to be there I'm not in the mood it is okay mm-hmm. and yeah, so last year was all about about that and me realizing that um I had to learn to be my own person without all these extra like friendships and everything yeah yeah, yeah. it's important it's very important it is it was powerful and i think it, it, my my brother eventually told me because uh he visited me before he officially moved to to um i actually visited him before he, he moved back to sadaka and it was like J- just make sure you don't turn lonely i'm like listen there's difference with choosing to be alone and being and lonely. lonely exactly i'm yeah, not you need lonely to find time. i have people i have yeah. but i just like being alone like yeah, i will literally go out and be around people and i'll be like okay i'm ready to go home in my bubble mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, 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 this time i'm i'm this year i said i want to spend more time with my people and enjoy because every year yeah. is crazy so much shit is going on and I feel like we need to spend more time with our loved ones however sure. much we enjoy our alone time. Yeah. Now that COVID <laughs> is not over but COVID is just, you know, it's a lot easier and 
you know, we yeah. can you know, join together yeah. again and have parties I, and go out. I'm looking forward I mean, to that. You, I mean, especially you guys in Canada, because you guys have been in like a roller coaster of lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've we, seen Atlanta, we've been open since 2021. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have been having parties and going out there. We just got, we just got let out a couple of months ago, man. But at least you guys, they finally took out the mandate uh, mask, as we still no, we still have no, we still have our mask mandate on now. Oh, yeah. I thought they yeah. finally took it out. No, that's Toronto. Oh. Toronto has some places, but some places still have to take it. But Montreal, I think it's going to be sometime in April where that you could take it off. Oh, and then yeah, yeah. yeah I was just so, out yeah. today in my mask. <laughs> Yeah, so last year while I was doing that, I joined this community because I started realizing instead of me blaming my friends for not being supportive, they might not understand this world, new world of mine with podcasting. So I started joining communities on on Instagram. That oh, really? Whoa. That's how I met Camille with PodFest and I did my oh, cool. uh, presentations. I joined a community uh, connection which half of the people in Canada and Two of them got engaged last year. I've been invited to two weddings this year, one in June and one in October. Like are now, half of my friends are in Canada. Really? Um, I can't. Yeah. I okay, can't so you're going to be up in Can. You're going to be up in Canada before I come to the U.S. Perfect. But that's in Toronto. You're in Montreal. No, I mean I have stores in Toronto. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll make it for the June wedding because it's too close, and I have so much shit. And June is also mm. my birthday month, so it's just. But the October one, I'm definitely gonna come. Perfect. You're gonna love it. All Is right. your first time in Canada? Will this be your first time in Canada? Yes, it will. Oh, okay, okay, good. I think we lost our sound there for a second. I know, right? It's <laughs> tough for me. Yes, it's my yeah. first time. I'm excited. Good. I have, like, I have the people I talk to on daily these days are people who are in Canada. Like, even my recent ex, he lives in Canada. Like we broke up because he had moved to Canada and uh, long oh, distance okay. wasn't working. But yeah, half of my people are in Canada now, and I'm like, cool. and because last year I want to leave America, I want to move. So I was talking about it last year, and most of my people were like, come to Canada. I'm like, nope, <laughs> I hate the cold. Your country, half of the year is. It's just winter. Yeah. I can't wait till it. the summertime. <laughs> trust me, wait till the summertime. <laughs> but yeah, y'all, yeah, do you guys only get like three months of sunshine and then no point? The rest is just no, it's not that we don't get sunshine, but yeah, it's not, um, <laughs> you know, it's definitely not compared Atlanta. to us in Atlanta. Exactly, like I want places with such weather. I hate the cold. I literally moved out of U- UK because of the weather, it was depressing. It's fun. Wow. Mm, that's crazy. Yes. So as we come to the end of this mm-hmm. amazing interview, what would you say is your biggest regret in life so far, Yavin? I really don't like regrets, but I want to try to answer your question. <laughs> um, that's very hard because I, I really don't regret much, man. Um, Which is a good thing. Yeah, just because, like, you can't even say, like, I regret, you know, like, leaving therapy because it made me (laughs) want to go back and it made me go back in, you know, in a better, um, uh, you know, with a a different state of mind. In your own time, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes shit has to work that way, yes. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't have any regrets. Hold on. I will find one. (laughs) 
me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, I regret, and I don't want to see something like stupid. Like I regret ordering a hamburger when I really wanted a something. Hey! Yeah, I want something was, like, you know. This is talk shit with me. Something yeah, exactly. <laughs> I regret. I regret. Um, I regret. You know, you should be proud of yourself if you have nothing to regret. I about. honestly, this is the first time I have no answer to a question because it's so hard for me. Because what would you ever regret? Because I'm here right now. You know, every single step you take coming to this to this spot. It, 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 it's everything that you've it's, done. I, I'm sorry. I have. I don't have any regrets. Hey, first of all, I wanna say the first time Trent had no answer and yes. an answer for a question was on talk shit with P. Let's make it yes. clear, okay? okay? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yes. You got. The, you got the award <laughs> without punching somebody on the face. Yeah. Right. Without slapping somebody on on the Oscar stage. Good for you. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you very much. I, I also don't have any regret in my life, you know, Paul. For the longest time, when okay, I so it's America, fair. You can't ask a question you don't have an answer to, so it cuts it out. I, I no, no. Yeah. I sometimes like to hear people. Some okay. people do okay, have that's fair. it. You it's know, yeah, yeah. Just because I don't have it doesn't mean you know. Facts. And okay, sometimes, facts. Sometimes I'm just mad that I don't regret. have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe by the time you come to Atlanta, you yeah, have I'll figure it out, okay? right? Right. <laughs> And everybody's answer could be a lesson to somebody. That's why I like Facts. asking that question. Facts. And me, yep, let, let me tell you something. In the beginning, I used to think, um, before I came to America, I got accepted when I finished my grad school. I went, I, I went to, uh, I did my undergrad in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And um, as I, I had applied for grad school, I was supposed to go to Switzerland, one of the most top, hospitality schools or studying hospitality events management and um so i finished my internship in dubai and school wasn't starting until september so i finished my internship in april my dad hated having me in tanzania he said it was more expensive having me in the country than after the country so he'd rather ship me off anywhere so was i go to america and visit your friends and whatever and chill i came and you know when you reconnect with so many people, you have you forgot even half of them were here. You're like, yes. oh, maybe I should stay here. So in the meantime, I just started applying to schools, right? And yeah. um, I ended up getting a. I, I got accepted in Florida again. I was applying in one wow. area places, so I was about to to accept them when uh, I got an email from the dean of Georgia State telling me he's coming to Baltimore if I wanted to meet him. And was like, yeah, I'll give you the driver in the car. It's only an hour away. I went, I sat down with him. The only reason I didn't finish my application for Georgia State, I hate writing essays. Again, that's why I haven't written my book. So this school has, has two essays and one additional if you wanted to get in. So my uh, my application was on pause. I was like, fuck, I hate writing about myself wow. and shit. Like, I can talk, but when it comes to writing, like, yo. Yeah. So when I sat down with him, he inspired me so much about Georgia and the events that happened, and how it's a great place to study hospitality and events and all that shit. Yo, I went home, I smoked weed, and I wrote three essays to end that. <laughs> and I was like, I want to get into this school. 
and I got accepted and I went back home, changed my visa and I came back and I came to Atlanta and I was, I didn't know anybody and things were going well. And then after a year, shit started just not making sense. And my, for the first time in my life, I started thinking, maybe I should have gone to Switzerland. Maybe choosing America was... <laughs> every now and then I get that, but I still don't regret it because of every yeah. lesson and every shit I've learned in America. Yeah. And who knows, maybe I wouldn't have been so open about my mental health and my depression. Maybe going yeah. there would have killed myself yeah. again. The way Whatever your journey is. Shit. Yeah. Whatever your journey is, you got to just love it and embrace it. And it got you where you are, right? So. Yes. Look, I'm here speaking to Trent out loud. There you go. And I'm here talking, right, with, talking to you with Pete. <laughs> Thank you All so right, much for Trent. having me. It was so fun. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you um, sell yourself in a, in a good way. Let the people know where they can get your book, where they can find you, your podcast, whatever you got going on. This is your free space. Thank you. Um, so you could uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, Trend Out Loud. I'm actually working on my site that's going to be launching soon, trendoutloud.com. And um, you could get both my books, How Sneakers Saved My Life and How Sneakers Ruined My Life on Amazon. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. You order it today, it will be at your doorstep tomorrow if you got Prime. I'm about to order mine. You, uh, all right well trent there you go (laughs) it was fun to have you on i enjoyed talking to you and i'm looking forward to to meeting you definitely i'll meet you soon in atlanta thank you so much thank you for having me and my future co-writer and my future (laughs) east african travel but we got so much shit to do trent you better finish that book so we can get to working (laughs) working on it tonight Yes, um, and this was fun. Thank you for making time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Had a good time. Keep in touch. Uh, All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Shit Talkers, thank you for tuning in. Talk shit with P now as a permanent home. Hoo-hoo! Make sure to visit www.talkshitwithp.com for all podcast details. Also, we now have a premium section where it hosts uncut episode videos for $9.99 a month, which will be out on Sundays, two days before episode release date. New episodes come out every Wednesday and Fridays for part two, if available. <laughs> While you're at it, Talk Shit with P is available on all platforms and social media with the handle at Talk Shit with P. That's Talk T A L K Shit S H I T with W I T H P. Go ahead and follow us to stay connected and engaged with me. Also, if you're feeling generous, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. You can also share a beer with me by buying me a beer on buymecoffee.com if you can't afford the premium. You can also join our mailing list by creating an account to get email updates from Talk Shit with P. Be the first on the no-no. <laughs> Thank you for listening, sharing, and supporting in any way. 
Remember, we are on every fucking Wednesday. Let's shit talk.